Welcome to Eden Christian Center. I'm Shane. I'm the pastor of this church. Well, as Daphne mentioned, you see, the Sunday is happened to be the last day of the year. So I would not miss the opportunity to call my sermon the sermon of the year. I offer this opportunity to pass the mic and pass the bulb, but they're both not available today. So I take it as the will of God. Hey, today we have um, um, some young students. They're from the university students from other cities of New Zealand. Every, sun, uh, every summer, they will come together um, to Auckland City Center to share the gospels with other people. And it's an organization called Student Live. Tonight, they are going to the biggest event of the year, um, the New Year Countdown and Fireworks to have conversations and share gospel and bring hope into people's lives. So I just want to take this opportunity to give them a round of applause for those young kids. Sorry, young students. I call them kids. Thank you for your commitment and dedication. You guys are inspiring all of us. And um, today, we are going to um, talk about the new year. Hey, have you heard the news about uh, what happened in Westfield New Market on Boxing Day? No? Okay, just imagine. Just imagine. On Boxing Day, you've been waiting for hours in the line. Well, actually, you've been waiting whole year for this moment. <laughs> hours in the line. So as you are getting closer and closer to the entrance of the shop, you can almost hear the items you wanted screaming at you. Come to grab me, come to buy me. Okay, so, so you are so, you're so excited, you, you couldn't wait to, to grab them in your arms. So after hours of waiting, pushing, finally, the fire alarm went off. <laughs> that was exactly what happened at 11 a.m., in one of the New Zealand's biggest shopping mall, Westfield, a new market. The fire alarm went off. So one of the shoppers described his chaotic experience to the media, saying it was madness, absolute madness. A spoken man for fire and emergency confirmed it was a false alarm. It was... Um, um, Accidentally, he said, accidentally activated. What? <laughs> accidentally? I don't think so. I believe it is intentionally activated by the last person in the queue. <laughs> hey, I'm late. Hey, let's evacuate everyone and reform a new line. That's the only hope I can have today. So when I watched this news on TV, you know, I, I couldn't help but think, what a hilarious way to wrap up the year of 2023. You see, the three years of pandemics from 2020 to 2022 was like a chaotic evacuation in the mall, disrupting the existing order of life for everybody. And then it came 2023, it's been like navigating through a process of 
restore order and form a new line after the chaos. So 2023 marks the beginning of the new era in modern history. It's called post-pandemic era. It's been a year of changes and adaptations. So it's a process of restoring order of chaos. So if you are here today and you are feeling tired at the end of the year, you are not alone. You see, 2023 is a year of changes and adaptations. So we all learned some valuable lessons from this year, and we all made some mistakes. The good news is our God is a master of creating order out of chaos. So I truly believe no matter what we have been through, in 2023, God is still guiding us towards the destination he has planned for your life. So 2024 is a new year. So today, let's delve into the um, Apostle Paul's journey to the city of Rome. You see, this journey wasn't, uh, wasn't very well because it was chaotic. The, the weather was extremely rough. The, the sea was raging. It was madness, absolute madness. Yet by God's grace, nobody, nobody died in the storm and they still arrived in the city of Rome just as God had promised. So I believe God uh, Paul's faith and determination in face of chaos can inspire us and guide us to align ourselves to God's plan in 2024. So are you ready? Let's, let's embark on the journey with Paul. Let me give you a little bit of context of, about the event. It was taking place around 25 years after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So after being a Christian for more than 20 years, Paul was in his 50s. Unfortunately, he was arrested and imprisoned by the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem because they disagreed with him. Okay, they didn't like what he preached about Jesus Christ. But one night in the prison, Jesus himself appeared to Paul. Let's go to Acts 23, verse 11. The following night, the following night after the arrest, um, the, ball, uh, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Friends, for Paul, for Paul, the city of Rome was his final destination of his mission trip. For us today, the city of Rome symbolizes the goal God wants us to pursue. The dream God has placed in your heart and the purpose God has designed for you to fulfill, let me ask you, where is your city of Rome? Where is your city of Rome? Remember, in God's plan, there is, only, there is a city of Rome only meant for you to reach. So where is your city of Rome? Everybody wants to figure out where the city of Rome is. 
but not everyone can get there. So if we want to get to the destination, God has guiding, has been guiding us all the way through. We need to keep this in mind all the time. Here's the first thought I want to share with you. Listen more to God, less to the crowd. Listen more to God, less to the crowd. You see, Paul found himself on board with around 300 people, a mix of sailors, um, soldiers, and fellow prisoners. The journey didn't seem to kick off on the right foot because the, the, the Roman officials chose to start the journey on the wrong season. It was not the right season for travel. However, everybody believed they are making the right decision anyway. Only Paul, he was the only person who had a different opinion. Acts 27, verses 10 to 11. Paul warned them, man, I can see that our voice is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion this is the title of the um, Roman official. Instead of listening to what Paul said, follow the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. You see, Paul wasn't a trailer, as a sailor, a fisherman. Of course, he didn't know too much about the sea, the weather. But Paul always followed the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's what we learned all the time in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit said no, Paul stopped. When the Holy Spirit said yes, Paul went. So everything Paul said it didn't come from himself, but from the guidance of God. So it was God himself spoke through Paul to those people, hey, it's not a right decision to travel now on the sea. But the centurion was like, yeah, nah. Let's get out of here. So instead of listening to the singular voice of Paul, he followed the crowd. You see, both my kids, they were attending um, the primary school in New Zealand now. Since they started school, I noticed a significant difference in educational system compared to Asia. I grew up in China. In China, students had loads of homework, heaps. During my primary school days, I spent the average of two hours on homework every day. Listen, I understood the importance of homework, but it was just too much. It was too much. So I couldn't wait to grow up and not have to do homework anymore. In New Zealand, oh, it's a different story. Students hardly receive any homework. But they do have homework for parents. <laughs> Sometimes my kids bring home you know, the craft work assignments. Hey, I believe this craft work was intended for kids to finish, right? But in reality, it's parents end up doing it. So every time my kids bring me this kind of a craft work assignment, 
Man, I was thinking, hey, I've already done all my homework for lifetime in China. I've served my sentence. I'm here in New Zealand for some freedom. Okay. <laughs> but one day, my son Channing, um, he's six years old now, he showed me a craft work he had completed without any of my help. It's a tiny little booklet. And, and, and Channing told me, hey, Dad, I made a Bible. And I look at the tiny little Bible. I thought, wow, I hope people will start reading Bible when it becomes so small. <laughs> but you know, the title on the cover of this Bible is not the Bible or the Word of God, but rather good and bad. Wow, I was thrilled to see Channing put good and bad as the title of his Bible. At six years old, he understood that the Bible was teaching people about the standard of good and bad. Friends, you know, I would say that's basically the reason we need to know the Word of God in this time. Because it serves as the objective standard of good and bad in our life. Not your standard, not my standard, not anybody's standard, but this standard has the authority over all individual standards. The Word of God not only helps us become better people, but also protects us from being deceived by others. Because now we know the standard so that we can discern between good and bad, love and hate, right and wrong, and truth and lies. Today we are living in a noisy world, a crazy world. Every day our lives are flooded with overwhelming information, opinions, ideologies. I think it's a time for us in 2024, to intentionally spend more time in the Word of God, to know His world, to know God, to know the object standard of good and bad, not just for us, for our children, children's children. So in 2024, let's listen more to God, less to the crowd. Let's return to Paul's mission trip to the city of Rome. The Roman official, the centurion, and the sailors, they didn't listen to Paul. Now they found them in trouble. Acts 27, verses 19 to 20. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. It didn't look pretty. They gave up all hope of being saved. When everyone felt 
hopeless. When everyone feels that, okay, we are doomed. <laughs> There's no chance for us to survive in this kind of storm. Once again, Paul had a different opinion. In Acts 27, verse 21 to 22. After they had gone a long time without food. By the way, they had food. They just didn't have the appetite to eat. They are so stressed, so depressed. Paul stood up before them and said, Man, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you will have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But here's the thing. But now, I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. You see, the people on the boat must have been filled with regrets because of their stupid decisions. Paul, however, was encouraging them, hey, hey, we all had regrets in life, okay? Now, now, don't look back. Look forward with hope. Paul knew God would give them a second chance and rescue them from any circumstances, even though the boat was sinking. So the next and the last lesson we can learn from here is anchor your hope in God, not the boat. Anchor your hope in God, not the boat. Why Paul was so confident? Once again, it's from God. It's not from himself. He was not a motivational speaker. Acts 27, 23 to 25. Paul said, Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must. You must stay in trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So none of you, it doesn't matter the decisions they made before. It doesn't matter whether they agree or disagree with you. None of them will lose their life because of God's grace. So keep up your courage. That's what Paul said to them. Keep up your courage, man, for I have a faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I have faith in God. And my God never fails me. And my God always keeps his promise. So Paul was trying to make those people understand, hey, you have put your hope in the boat. So when the boat sinks, your hope is gone. But I put my hope in God. When the boat sinks, my hope is still going on, and I will still arrive in Rome. So my destination, my destiny, is not in the hands of this boat, but in the mighty hands of my God. You see, the boat symbolizes the circumstances we are in. While the rest of the people on board anchored their hope in their circumstances, Paul was the only one who anchored his hope in the mighty hands of God. You see, if Paul, if Paul had anchored his hope 
in his circumstances, oh, let me tell you, he would have given up long before this mission trip to the city of Rome. Why? Remember at the beginning of the sermon, I mentioned that Paul was in prison. He was in his 50s, but he was imprisoned. And according to most people's view, hey, Paul, you're in trouble. You are doomed. <laughs> you are not going anywhere. Look at your circumstance. Your boat has sunk. There's no chance for you. But God said, no, 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 Paul. Don't listen to the crowd. They don't know. They don't know what I have in store for you. The prime time of your life is still on the way. Yeah, you are in your 50s. Yes, you are in the jail now. But let me tell you, the prime time of your life as a missionary is still on the way, and you will be my testimony before Caesar. Wow. You see, when Paul was in the prison, Jesus appeared to him. Jesus said, take courage. You are going to run. When Paul was on the sinking boat, an angel appeared to him and said, do not be afraid. You are going to Rome. No circumstances can stop Paul from reaching the destination God has planned for him. Nothing could stop Paul from reaching the city of Rome. So my friends, let me tell you, nothing can stop you from your city of Rome. Remember, in God's plan, there is a city of Rome only for you to reach, and you will get there, just as God has promised. When you anchor your hope in God, not in your boat. So no matter what circumstances you are in now, no matter what kind of boat you are in now, faster or slow, big or small, new or uh, old, your life doesn't drift with the boat. Your life is in the mighty hands of God. So anchor your hope in God, not the boat. Worship team, please come up. Tonight, the student life people, they are going to the Oakland City Center. They're going to join the New Year countdown and the firework. Let me show you a photo. Lindley, let's show people the photo of the event. That's the New Year countdown in the Oakland City Center. So in about 12 hours, thousands of thousands from different places of Auckland will be flooding into the city center. Hey, I have a question for you, okay? Can you tell me which year it is on this photo? No, we can't. We can't. Why? Well, honestly, because every year feels the same. <laughs> eh? Every year, it just feels like a replay of the previous year. So, you know, if you had a chance to have a conversation with the residents in Auckland City Center, you will find out actually many people, for many people, the new year just feels like a replay of the previous one. 
For many people who live in the city, Happy New Year is nothing more than a slogan or cliche. But you know what? We are different. We are different. When we say Happy New Year, we mean it. We believe it. And we want people in the city to experience it. That's why we are here. That's why we are here. We are here to tell the world. You know, in Auckland City Center, most of the people, they are from all around the world. They are visitors, tourists. They are international students. They are young immigrants. We've been called by God in the heart of Auckland City to tell the world, you know what? A new year doesn't have to be a replay or a repeat of the past. Because we know who are our God. Our God is a God who are making new things. Isaiah 43 verse 18, God says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. God wants us to bring hope to people's lives in the city. Because we are the people who know God. We are the people who listen to God, not the crowd. We are the people who anchor our hope in God, now in circumstances. So we are chosen by God to share this good news. We are telling the world, hey, 2024 will be a new year. A literally a new year filled with new things. New journeys, new seasons, new lives, new stories, new hope, new mindsets. Because our God is a God who is doing new things in people's lives. So now let me wrap up. Let me wrap up the sermon of the year by saying to every one of you here, Happy New Year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the journey of life. And we thank you for the destinations you have planned for everyone. Today, Lord, we are from all over the places in New Zealand or in the world. We all come to the city to listen to you, to see the new things you are going to do in our lives. Lord, we pray that you will continue to guide us, to equip us, to strengthen us, so that we can truly anchor our hope in you, not in our circumstances. In 2024, we can truly listen more to you, not the crowd. Lord, we pray, we pray for your blessing over everyone here. Reveal your plan of 2024. And let us see that you are truly a God who is doing new things in our lives. Friends, as everyone is praying now, I want to speak to some of you here. Maybe you never followed Jesus before. Or maybe now, for some reason, you feel you are far from God. Bible teaches us that sin has separated us from God. 
because we all have messed up. We all have made some bad decisions in life because of a sin. Just like those sailors, centurions, crew members, they made bad, bad decisions in life. But you know what? By God's grace, God gave them a second chance. God rescued them from the storm. Today, God wants to offer you this chance. A chance to have a new life. A chance to have a hope for your future. A chance to have forgiveness for your past. And have an eternal life with God in heaven. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to the world and died for us on the cross. As he died, he took on himself all the penalty for our sin. So now we can receive the grace of God freely just through our faith in Jesus. So now I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to start a new journey of life, to begin a new year in your life. So if that is you, if you feel you are far from God, and today you want to receive Jesus, you want to get closer to God, just pray this prayer by following me. I will pray out loud. All you need to do is pray in your heart. Are you ready? Let's start. Dear Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving me, choosing me. I admit I'm a sinner, and I believe you died for me. Today, I choose to turn away from my old life and turn to you. From today, I will be following you and living for you. Please come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, congratulations. You just made the best decision in your life. You know, in this year, throughout all the eight campuses of Elim Christian Center, we had more than 1,000 people who prayed this prayer as you just did. More than 1,000 people committed their lives to Jesus Christ. And throughout the campus, we have more than 200 people got baptized in the past year. So today, I want to encourage you to take one more step of faith. I'm going to count from one to three. If you just pray that prayer, can you please just raise your hand so that I can see you. I'm not doing this to call you out. I just want to acknowledge your hands, and then you can put it out. And then all of us, we will be praying a blessing over your life. So in this moment, in the very last day of the year, let's wrap up 2023 by committing your faith in God to start a brand new journey in 2024. Now I start counting. One, two, three. If you just prayed that prayer, please raise your hand 
so that I can see you. I see you can put it down, sister. God bless you. I see you can put it down, brother. I can see you. Yeah, God bless you. Anyone else? We got two people over this side. Anyone? God bless you, sister. God bless you. You can put it down. God bless you. You can put it down. I see you. Anyone else? Oh, I see you in the back. I can see you now. You can put it down. God bless you. We have five people raise their hand. Now let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. God, thank you so much. Thank you for your grace. I know you just touched their hearts. Lord, I pray that this year, 2024, will not be just a repeat or replay of the previous year. It will be a brand new start, a brand new season and chapter of life. My Lord, please continue to guide them and continue to surround them with the people have faith in you so that we can journey together. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.